Welcome to this assembly where we worship God, honor Jesus Christ, pay attention to the Word, the inspired Word of God written and delivered to us in permanent form by the Holy Spirit. May I recommend that you open your copy of the Word of God to the little epistle with a big message, the second epistle of of John. Thirteen verses, very important verses. Here's a good rule to follow in your Bible reading and Bible study. Never underestimate any section of God's Word because it is shorter than other sections of the Word of God. So the second epistle of John, consider it to be from God through the Apostle John to Christians back then and for our benefit today. Thirteen very important verses. I'm going to read the second epistle of John. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father and now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we've had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it for. Many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch yourselves that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your elect sister greet you. Spinning around in the latter part of the first century, there were trends teachings and movement away from the truth of the gospel of Christ. 
the apostles and faithful evangelists spoke and wrote with the greatest clarity about who Jesus was, what he did, how he died, and was raised from the dead. The Son of God, the Savior, the King, they referred to him with such terminology. The apostles and faithful evangelists used those titles to convey who Jesus is, and those titles contain implications of what one's response ought to be. And as they talked to people about who Jesus is, they gave people the truth and the evidence and the motivation to know him and to respond to him and to be his disciple. You see on this page we've read, knowing the truth, loving the truth, and the truth abiding in us, and walking in the truth. That's the truth we have, delivered by the apostles that we have in this book. I want us to concentrate this evening for a few minutes on verse 9, 2 John 9. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. For our study tonight, three simple questions we're going to answer based on 2 John 9 and the surrounding context. The first one is, where is the doctrine of Christ? And it will not take us long to answer this. I'm certain you are aware that in modern religious practice, there is this popular idea of writing out a creed book or a manual and calling that the doctrine of our church. You can call denominational churches and just ask, what is your doctrine? And in many cases, the answer will not be the Bible. In many cases, they will refer to their manual of faith or their creed book that was written by their forefathers maybe 200 years ago. And then they may even mention the annual revisions of that creed book. There is something here so simple, but missing in current religious thought. God gave us instruction that does not need to be supplemented or edited by anybody today. God has spoken and caused truth for us to be delivered in written form. The doctrine of Christ is here. It's in the New Testament. We sometimes refer to this book as the New Testament of Jesus Christ. It is so referred to in the book of Hebrews. And while I'm talking about the book of Hebrews, listen to the opening verses in Hebrews. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us 
by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So it ought to be very clear to anyone who reads this and Second John and all the surrounding context, God speaks to us by his Son, and we read what the Son wants us to know when we open the New Testament, the New Testament of Jesus Christ. So where is the doctrine of Christ? It's here. Quick work we were able to make of that. Question number two will take us a little more time. How do we abide in it? How do we abide in it? This is a very important word in the Bible and here in John's writings. And in fact, I noticed during our singing a moment ago, the word abide was in several of those songs. Several songs that we use over and over again. So let's talk about the word abide. It contains very important information. Here's the definition of abide. To remain. To stay. To reside. To live in. Now let's look at a couple of passages where this word is used. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, this is not God visiting his people from time to time. This is not God checking in on us or dropping by. No, God abides in His people. He resides in us who live responsibly toward Him through Christ. Here's another. The Gospel of John chapter 8 verse 31. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Faithful disciples of Christ don't just visit the word, read a few verses, or carry a Bible, we live in His Word. We remain in His Word. So this word abide carries the idea of permanence, residing, staying. I remember many years ago, forgive me if I've told you this story before, many years ago brethren in their prayers at church buildings around the country would say, take us safely to our place of abode, our respective place of abode. You heard that phrase over and over again, and maybe I have mentioned to you that one time we pulled up in our driveway after a Sunday morning service, and it may have been the other boy, but I think it was this one who said, Daddy, is this our respective place of abode? It's where you live. 
It's where you reside. That's the idea behind the word. And it carries the idea of staying at a place. So, here in 2 John 9, the idea is to get your mind and your life in the word of Christ. Called here, the doctrine of Christ, and stay there. Stay there. That's so important as a part of this. Staying there. We are not people who just visit pages in a book. It isn't that we just know a few favorite verses. We live in the doctrine of Christ and we intend to stay there. We don't want to go ahead or go beyond. Staying there. That's involved in that word abide. I'm working on a series of sermons for next year. I usually have 12 sermons in a year that compose a series with a theme. And I do those usually on the first Sunday mornings of the month. And I'm working on this series and I'll be making this point over and over beginning next Sunday morning. Uh, I guess beginning tonight. Here's the point. What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. Use the Bible to see where you stand before God. Use the Bible to correct your course, <clears throat> to mold your attitude, to govern how you worship, to govern how you treat people as a guide to navigate your life through the various storms that will occur. James said in chapter 1 of the book of James, Be doers of the word. Abide in the doctrine of Christ. Stay there. Live there. Live in the teachings Jesus gave. And of course what that means is obeying commandments. And we ought not to be afraid to say that. By God's grace, we have his commandments we can obey. We ought not to be hesitant to say that. Because John says it. Look with me back in 2 John at verse 4. I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. Now that's obedience. In verse 6, walking according to his commandments. That's obedience. Now go back and look at how 2 John begins the opening sentences. <coughs> the elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever, Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. I'm always talking to you about finding the main idea. And sometimes key words that are repeated over and over in a passage convey the main idea, convey the theme, and set the tone for that passage. Well, what is it here in verses 1, 2, and 3? It's the truth. This is about God's truth living in us 
and us living in God's truth activated in daily obedience to the teaching of Christ. Abide in the doctrine. Don't go ahead. Don't go beyond. Live your life here. Now, third question. What if I don't? Our passage says that if we abide in the doctrine of Christ, we have God. We have Christ. We are where we should be when we live here. With God, with Christ, through the truth revealed by the Holy Spirit. But what if we go ahead, transgress, do not abide in the doctrine. John says in that case, something that should startle every reader of the New Testament. John says, we do not have God. When we leave this, John says, we do not have God. I want you to listen again. Don't take my word for it. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. You know, there are a lot of things you and I may never have. We may never have perfect health. We may never be wealthy. May never even approach a millionaire or a billionaire status. We may never have the best kind of transportation. We may never have a lot of things we might like. And so we have all accepted not having all we want. But if we don't have God, there is no loss that compares to that. See, you can live without perfect health. Most of us do. You can live without being a millionaire. I assume most of us have learned to live with that. But if you don't have God in your life, nothing will make up for that. Perfect health, a millionaire, a billionaire. If you don't have God in your life, nothing will make up for that. There is no loss that compares to this. Not having God in your life. I want you to listen again. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. The message of this text is, <coughs> abide in the teaching of Christ. What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible as your guide. That's the pathway forward for every person here. One translation renders this going beyond the limits of the teaching of Christ. We need to see ourselves as limited by God through our allegiance to the teachings of Christ. 
If I go beyond, if I ignore the limits and just do what I want, I forfeit fellowship with God. According to John, according to John, and this, of course, is serious. At some point, we need to tell ourselves and tell others. At some point, what's in your Bible has to go into your mind and from there into your life. What you've learned, what you have highlighted, the notes you have made in the margin, the sermon notes that you take directing you to Bible passages, at some point, what's in the Bible has to go into your mind and then into your life. And people who come to a Sunday night assembly have to start conversations with non-Christians and take them to the doctrine of Christ. Now, I'm almost finished, but there are two more words. Two more words we've read I want us to pay attention to. In verse 8, I'm using the English Standard Version, and here is verse 8 and 9 together. Here's verse 8 and 9 together. I want you to listen for two words. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for and may win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Watch yourself. I need to watch myself in all that we do as individuals, in our marriages and families, in the workplace, as a local church, we must give heed to, watch ourselves to make certain that we're living here. And what's here is living in us. Are you a Christian? Have you taken the steps given in the New Testament to become a Christian? Hearing the gospel, believing in Christ, repenting of your sin, confessing your faith, being baptized, and then after baptism, abiding in the teaching of Christ. If you need to respond, we invite that response as we stand together to sing.